It's 7.13 in the morning. I'm heading to the farmer's market in Santa Monica, hopefully to find Jordan playing his banjo. There's like a van blocking where he normally is. Can't hear him. Fuck. Oh, he's here. He's here. And straight to her arms, I go sailing. It's far beyond a star. Okay, so I know I've told you about the guy who plays banjo at the farmer's market. You definitely mention him a lot. What do you know so far? Um, all I really know about him is that you're super into the way he plays banjo and he plays at the farmer's market in Santa Monica on Wednesdays. Okay. And that's as much as you're relatively for me. Okay, so you're kind of in the dark. I mean, the lights are on, but yeah. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, the story is going to be about him. Okay. I'm Evan Jacoby. And I'm Kaval Zanoush. And this is Foreground. Well, I wish that I could shimmy like my sister Kate. She shimmies like a jelly on a plate. Mama wanted to know last night why all the boys think Kate's so nice. Everybody in that yeah. Cool. <laughs> he has this unique like he doesn't have a deep voice he doesn't have a high voice if his voice had a shape i want to describe it as like flat but not in a bad way it's yeah not, i don't it's... mean his tone is flat i mean like his voice feels pleasantly <laughs> flattened flat but with like curves upward in it he's talking to you you feel like he's talking but i felt immediately like i wanted to listen yeah totally um, it like pulls it's weird it's different and it pulls you in yeah my main question is does he have a sister named kate I don't think he has a sister named Kate. Oh, God. Not right. Really creative genius there. <laughs> yeah, really just dropped the ball. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I was listening to his songs, and he just sort of started to become this kind of influential figure in my life. And it's, you know, sometimes you like see a person on the street, and for whatever reason, they don't really, you don't necessarily know them that well. But they become really important to you. They make an impression on you. Yeah. Something that lasts with you when you go home. Yeah. So, like, he's always in the exact same garb. Like, military pants. Same. I mean, he varies his pants between either military green pants and jeans. And he's always wearing a white t-shirt. And sometimes he wears Converse, but he usually wears his military boots. So, I'm imagining someone that opens his closet and it's like a cartoon. He just has, like, ten of the same outfit. Like, ten pairs of slacks. 10 pairs of white t-shirts. Can I get a visual on this guy? I've never actually seen him. So I got a little drawing. This is basically, this is what we're working with here. How, how accurate is this drawing? This is pretty 100% accurate. You, All right. You want to describe I, what we're looking yeah, at Can here? I tell everyone what I'm seeing? I'm seeing a guy. He's got some curvy arms reaching over to the strings of his banjo. And he's wearing a white t-shirt. And these pants. And he's got a little hat <laughs> out in front of him. And looks like a stomp pedal uh, going on to whatever he's sitting on. He's sitting on a red briefcase that looks 150 years old. And he's got no mouth, which is <laughs> oh, <okay>. concerning. <laughs> I didn't draw the mouth. Um, but yeah, so that's basically him every single day. And I think this is one of the reasons he had that sort of impact on me, is he's just one of those people who's like 100% himself all the time. Mm -hmm. So... 
I didn't really like this job that I was at that much. I was an account manager at a tech company in Santa Monica. Yeah. Um, just like a half block away from where he was normally playing. Okay. I started showing up to work early on Wednesdays. Um, I would get there like 30, 40 minutes early and just like stay and listen to a bunch of songs. Yeah. Him and like the farmer's market, but he was one of the really, the main things that kept me excited about the week. So like Thursdays we had catered lunch and uh, Wednesdays I had banjo guy in the morning. Every time it rains, I think of you. What made you (laughs) want to talk to him? Uh, eventually he started noticing that I was coming back. He'd ask if I wanted to hear a specific song. I'd request a song and I started knowing his songs. But it, I really didn't get to know him well until uh, when sort of this whole story started. So three months ago, or maybe four months ago now, he just disappears. He had been there every single week without fail, rain, shine, whatever. Just he's gone. there on his corner. Now he's gone. Yeah. So about a week goes by. I'm like, okay, you know, maybe he's sick, you know, whatever. Two months go by and I'm like, like what's going on? Is he alive? Like I, at this point, I still don't really know him that well. So I don't know if I, I really don't know his story at all. Um, three months after he disappeared, I'm walking home. You told me. And he's there? He was, he's on the 3rd Street Promenade, past where the farmer's market would be, and on a Thursday. And is he setting up playing, or you just saw him walking? No, he's playing, he's playing. It's like 6pm. And so I'd never seen him there before, I think it was the first time he was there. I'm like, you're alive, what's up? Why you been gone for a couple months? Like, I haven't seen you, thought you were dead. Basically... He was gone from the farmer's market because he had a nemesis of sorts, uh, who was one of the vendors there. Uh, not a banjo-based nemesis. Not a banjo nemesis, no, an orange vendor. Okay, an orange vendor, wow. Yes, this guy AJ from Bernard Ranches comes up to him and starts yelling at him about how he hates the banjo, threatens to kill him. Um, wow. And so Jordan's just like, yeah, I, I had to take a break going to the farmer's market for a while. Uh, so I ask him, are you, are you ever coming back? And he tells me, you know, I'm going to try to come next week. We'll see what happens. If I'm there, you can ask me all the questions you want. So next week, I'm walking up to the farmer's market. It's 7.13 in the morning. And I'm heading to the farmer's market. Come on, Jordan. I'm kind of like walking up, not knowing whether or not he's going to show. Mm-hmm. It's actually, it was like kind of cinematic. There's this van blocking the corner where he's now been playing in the mm-hmm. sunny corner. The sunny corner is... So he's... I'm going to just draw this for you. This is 2nd Street. This is Arizona. So this is where Jordan used to play. Is right here. This is the shady side. It's just off to the back right of yeah. AJ's booth. Yes. And right here... This side is bright in the sun all day. Okay. To play here it would is, be hot. It sucks. Like, right. It sucks standing there watching him. So, George, he wants to be a, he in wants the to shade. be in the shade. And AJ starts playing really loud music on his truck to like drown out Jordan's banjo. <laughs> okay. Uh, and the big deal we made was I'll spend half the market on the sunny side. If you don't play your radio while I'm on your side. While I'm not on your side, do whatever you want. But while I'm there, don't play your radio. That's when things go sour. Right before I stopped coming for months. Yeah. So when I saw Jordan, I, I started talking to him about this. 
And he tells me that this is a song he was playing when this whole confrontation happened. So he's playing this song. This the song that broke the camel's back. I was in the middle of this song when he, he yelled at me and he okay. came over and started threatening to kill me. It was this song, one of, one of the nicest songs. Tennessee Waltz. I was dancing with my baby to the Tennessee waltz when an old friend I happened to see. I introduced him to my baby while they were dancing. My friend stole my sweetheart from me. I remember that night and that Tennessee waltz. Only you know how much I lost. You know I lost my baby the night they were playing. That wonderful Tennessee waltz. It's a lovely song. Beautiful song. Really nice it's song. Such a nice song. So AJ comes up to Jordan. I didn't even get to the solo. He was like right in the middle of this song. It was like this far. <laughs> I was dancing with my baby to the Tennessee waltz when an old friend I happened to see. Introduced him to my baby, and wow, is that that note? Like right at the high note. Yeah. AJ comes up to Jordan. He's like in his truck right now. Pops his head out and he yells, Quiet! He yells that from his truck. Oh shit. He comes up to me and there's people watching me. He must have seriously just blown a fuse because he didn't time it well or anything. He just starts yelling, You've been annoying the fuck out of me. I hate Manjo, hate your voice, the music. You've been getting louder and you're a pussy for telling me you don't want to be in the sun because I'm a farmer. I'm on the sun all the time. You think I want to hear that? People are hearing this. This is this is in front of in children, the middle of the day, in front of people, broad daylight, in front of all the other. He vendors. probably has some kind of audience. There's an audience. There's many people. Yeah. So you know, I hate the banjo. I hate your voice. I thought of a good argument to that, which would be: sun comes with the turf when you're a farmer. Bad musicians come with the turf at a farmer's market, and. Um, not only is it a farmer's market, it's not like it's a little park farmer's market, it's a farmer's market on a street. You get a lot of riffraff. And not only is it just on any street, it's at the Santa Monica Promenade. That's where the weird go pro. So, no, that's not a good argument. And then, the things that scared me was when he said, I'm gonna fucking kill you, or I wanna fucking kill you. I'm gonna, I wanna, I couldn't pick up, you know. And then he leaned up real close, he's like, this ain't over, motherfucker. And that was the end. That was really the end. That's the true reason why I didn't come for a while. Yeah. It's like two or three months. Just three months, yeah. This sounds ridiculous to me. This is like elementary school with right. full grown men. This like 40 year old man is shouting, I'm gonna fucking kill you. Jeez Louise. And then he like leaves. So Jordan goes home. Um, he comes back the following Wednesday and there's like this giant yellow Penske truck. And AJ, he's got a giant yellow uh, Penske. Okay. Penske rental. So I'm like, ah, karma's a bitch. His truck broke down last week, so he's got to use a Penske rental, huh? But so then the market's over. I go up to Laura. I'm like, hey, Laura, I was just looking to talk to you. Laura's this awesome woman who like founded the farmer's market in the 80s. Anyway. I'm like, hey, Laura, I was just looking to talk to you for a second. And she goes, oh, yeah, about. And she does her thumbs. I'm like, oh, someone told her. Okay. And she says, yeah, after last week's farmer's market, I got a call from AJ's mother. She told me that the banjo gives her son migraines. He's gotten his mother involved. Yes, he's got his mom. His mommy <laughs> called the principal. His mommy called the principal. Well, the, the, the theme here, the way this guy's trying to justify it is he's saying that Jordan's music gives him migraines. Yes. Which hasn't been mentioned. By AJ to Jordan. No one said anything about that except for AJ's mom to Laura. Right. Okay. 
Sup? And so she was wondering she if there was anything Laura could do about moving me, and Laura explained to her over the phone, no, he's got every right to be here, and everyone loves him, except right. for AJ. She yeah. said that. She likes me, too. I mean, so this is coming from... I, I hate using this word to describe somebody, especially in like a derogative way, but this is coming from the guy who came to you and said, you're a pussy for not being able to be out in the sun. Yeah. And he's having his mom call you, call Laura, the manager, to complain about his migraine headaches that he gets yeah. from the bench. Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah, the irony is not lost on right. you. That's yes. good. <laughs> yeah. So we're talking about it, and I'm like, oh, okay. And then this is the big kicker. And you see how they have the Penske truck? Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Did it break down? No, no. They rented the Penske. They, they're going to start renting the Penske for $200 every Wednesday because they think it'll help block out your sound from his booth. So they're putting a truck. Yeah. They're renting a truck for $200 a day. Yeah. Putting it in front of you. Yeah. They could pay me 20 bucks and I'd move. <laughs> they don't have to spend the 200 Give me 20 I'd move. Give <laughs> me 15 I would consider moving. <laughs> So, uh, you can't make this stuff up. It, no, yeah. What so, uh, fuck is wrong with this guy? <laughs> like what? What is wrong with this guy? <laughs> like why do you choose a truck? Why? Why any of it? <laughs> but like, of all the options, right? And it's like the most <clears throat> aggressive, passive aggressive gets. And like super expensive too. Uh, I feel like you're definitely not selling that many oranges <laughs> in a Wednesday. I think they actually make a lot of money though. Okay. Because they sell to a lot of they sell like wholesale, like uh, giant bags. Yeah. They don't really sell that many individual stuff. Like you, you would go up and your you'd local walk away market with like, would have his oranges. I don't know if it's that much. I think it's more like not local your market, local like your local market that prides itself on having local things. Your local cafe gives you orange juice pressed oh, okay. from that oranges makes from. Sense. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, but yeah. So three months go by. Jordan doesn't come. Oh, this is why. This, this is, is why. This is what causes. Yeah. So he come. doesn't want to be in a situation where he's getting threatened by some guy. And yeah, he was telling me too. He had like some other stuff that ended up lining up well. So it, it kind of made for a decent transition. Yeah. But he, he wanted to come back. He makes a ton of money here. So he comes back, and the very first day that he comes back, he's playing a song, and AJ walks up to him. It's kind of the only perfect song that could have been played. There's a lady filming me with her phone, so I was really hamming it up, singing this song, I Like You, you know, um, it's a Hawaiian song, and uh, it was right when AJ was walking past, so I was just like, singing this dumb song, you know, that maintained eye contact the whole time. That's what you gotta do. See, because if you maintain eye contact, the goal is to get him to like have to you know, look away, right? Yeah, for sure. That's how it works, yeah, he did. I like you, cause you got such loving ways. Hey, hey, I like you, cause you're so cute, so neat, so sweet, and everything I idealize, your style of loving and your smile, start hugging. Oh, oh, those big blue eyes hypnotized every time I look at you. Hey, hey, can't you see you thrill me through and thrill, you know you do. I must admit that it is true, I grow a bit So he's saying he was singing that as, as AJ was staring at him. Right, AJ is walking by and he's playing the song, I like you. He's hey, on his hey. usual, he's back on his sunny corner. Yeah, okay. this is on the sunny side. He said I stared him down, like yeah. I want to stare at him until he looked away. Uh -huh. Yeah, I like that. And I think I think AJ's got blue eyes too. Okay, perfect. <laughs> so it, it just works out. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, cool. Well, I like you, cause you got such loving ways. Hey, hey, I like you, 
Cause you are so cute, so neat, so sweet And everything I idealize Your style of loving and your smile Start hugging so yeah that's kind of where the story leaves off but we're still sitting here and i started asking questions about like him and his banjo i kind of touched on this a bit earlier but like he makes these faces when he's playing and like his whole body gets into it and he's just like a hundred percent there he like he doesn't care if it's good or bad he doesn't care yeah and like little kids will run up and like start dancing or there's like someone will there's something idyllic about it yeah something yeah idyllic about it. Yeah. very much so um and so i wanted to talk to him about some of those things as well and like i explained to him like you know you're one of my favorite things about coming to work here um i come here early on wednesdays to see, you know all that stuff and he's like oh you know that that's pretty cool i guess like he was kind of humble about it but uh he starts telling me about him and his life and like where he got his banjo and all this stuff and he basically kind of had this similar experience with a guy named jeff jeff was only sea shanties and folk songs he was really specific kind of music but he was so authentic about it you know he always dressed as a sailor bell bottom black jeans okay a knit striped sweater uh red suspenders and a Greek fisherman's cap. Yeah. And I would always see him at the Palos Verdes market, because that's where I lived. I never saw him anywhere else, actually, my whole life, other than that. So Jordan starts learning from this guy, and he was bringing in his guitar. Yeah, I get obsessed with this guy's music uh, as a fifth grader, and so I start bringing my guitar, and uh, I learn all these things I told you about him. I learn about what a cool guy he is, and you know, how important he is to me, and all that. And then I get a banjo from a flea market in Torrance, made by a company called K. K was even embarrassed that they made this crappy banjo in the 40s, all right? So this thing had no label on it. It's like an anomaly. So I like, uh, take it to Jeff. He makes it work really well. Yeah, and so I learn on that. And then I'm watching his hands. So, then so he's been learning how to play from Jeff. And one day Jeff just stops coming to the market. And... You know, next week goes by and he's still not there. Um, he has pancreatic cancer. He stopped coming to the market and just a couple months later he died. Yeah. I didn't know it. So I tried calling him. Every time it just went straight to voicemail. Uh, but then, yeah, the Sunday, which turned out to be the Sunday before the Tuesday he died, he answers. He's like, hello? And he sounds like shit. But I'm like, Jeff, hey, it's me. It's Jordan from, from the market, the guitar banjo with the K banjo. I miss you, and I was just calling to make sure you're okay. And he said, yeah, I'm okay. Let me know next time you're going to be at the market, because I'll try and make it out. And then the next Tuesday morning, my mom has the newspaper, the Daily Breeze, and there's a big picture of his face on it. I, I find it interesting, the decision he made to not even let me know he was, he was a, he knew at that point, he had it for months. Yeah. And he just kind of disappeared, yeah. Uh, like, he knew he was getting sick, but he didn't tell anybody, um... I don't know that I wouldn't play it out that way either. Yeah. Have you ever thought about that? I mean, it's coming from a place of wanting to protect the people close to you, right? Like, yeah, for me, it's like I don't want to... I mean, it's been a scenario of like pancreatic cancer, something you catch late, it's advanced, it'll be miserable to try and fight it, and it'll be just tougher for your family. It's that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so Jeff dies. I think like a year has passed. Jordan's now a student at CalArts, and one day he's walking down the hall. And on the wall, 
There's a little poster saying, if you want $5,000 yeah, this yeah, summer, yeah. call here. Like one of those pyramid scheme signs. Yeah. Turns out to be the Nutrigenics, I think it's called. Okay. Nutrigenics yeah. pyramid right. scheme. It's right. You make smoothies and get ripped. Yeah. You sell them to your friends and family. Yeah, sell them to the only people who feel bad enough to buy them from right. you. Perfect. Yeah. I told her I was from San Pedro. And she's like, oh, have you ever been to the farmer's market there? And Jordan says, yeah, I actually even played banjo there with this guy. Uh, his name is Jeff Adjison. And she's like, oh, wait, really? Like, this guy that I know who's very highly ranked in our fine establishment. This guy, Mark Bowserman, is in charge of selling his banjos. And then about a few months after that, he shows up to the market. And we start talking. He's got four of Jeff's banjos left. One of them's this one. But... $1,100. Oh, shit. It's okay. actually worth a lot more. It's a rare, hard-to-find, like, <clears throat> unique instrument. So I, I was worth yeah, it to yeah. me, but I didn't have that money. But Mark called yeah, up Jeff's sister ones. and said, Look, this guy Jordan, he really wants the owed banjo. Um, he's making his money the exact same way Jeff is. You think we could knock down the price a little bit? Or maybe he can um, pay in installments. So every week, after the farmer's market, I took half that money, brought it to Mark's house. And now I have the banjo, right? His banjo was the only banjo that Jeff let me play. I just thought that was kind of nice. Like, this is the one thing that he has to keep of Jeff's. Yeah, and it's I like, mean, it's like a, a keepsake. Yeah. Like, if ever there was one. For sure, because it's like the thing that inspired his interest in him. It was like as definitive of Jeff as anything else about him was. And totally. here Jordan gets to, like, use it, and it's almost like the culmination of stuff that he's learned from Jeff. Yeah, like pass the torch. Yeah, <laughs> like, feels like it. You know, I think if it weren't for Jeff's influence on Jordan, he wouldn't be that guy who just gives everything on a street corner. He told me about that. He would tell me, yeah, you got to be yourself all the time and all that stuff. So, yeah, he, he's a big influence in that way, too. Now that's That goes way f further beyond music. That's right. just life. There's a lot of good things to learn from him. Market's over. Gotcha. There's the air horn. <laughs> they have a horn to mark the end of the market. It's a boat horn. Oh, no. <laughs> we were, like, sitting at the tender greens. Yeah. We're far away. It was... It hurt. You can still hear... <laughs> yeah, like, it's not that loud in the recording, but it was loud. <laughs> so, the air horn kind of cut off our stream of conversation a bit. Um, but I walked with him back to his car, so we kind of kept talking on the way. And we're walking up Third Street. Yeah. Um, they have these pianos that they've started putting out on the Third Street Promenade. Oh yeah. Uh, have you seen those? I mean, I've seen them around. They have, like someone will donate a public piano yeah. to a place. That's yeah. kind of nice, right? Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, so we walk by this piano. He's like, "Hey, you want to hear me play a song?" Yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, whatever. Play me a song on the piano. Cool. Um, so he goes up to the piano and he starts getting ready to play this song. Oh, this won't work. It's like permanently uh, dampened. And it's like the reverb yeah. pedal is like all messed up. And he's like, oh, there's a problem with the whatever. And he like lifts the hood of the piano. It? It's something on the inside because the pedal's working fine. But see, what's supposed to happen is the pedal makes these dampers push against the strings so that if I do this, you shouldn't be able to hear it. It should be dead. It should be this that you hear. I'm deadening it with my finger right now. So there's something, something on the sides here. I'd like to really take it apart and see what's doing there with the pedals. It's probably some, like a piece of junk 
in there, yeah. keeping it from going just that last little bit. And he like reaches in and he starts like playing with them. Like, oh dude, my God. what are you doing? And he's like impromptu fixing this random piano because it turns out of his many talents, piano tuning and fixing are one of them. Are you serious? Just like out of the blue. The most esoteric thing he could know. <laughs> like more so than even knowing the banjo is how to tune a piano. And then just randomly tuning one as you pass it by. Yeah. <laughs> I guess he's just like a man of many stories. And he's a jack of all trades for sure. <laughs> and it's like, he seems like really nice and genuine and it's hard to be angry at genuine people, right? It's, it's honestly, it's hard to imagine the situation <laughs> in which somebody is shouting death threats that at such a sweet guy. Yeah, so, so consistently angry, like right. going out of his way to be angry at sure. this guy uh -huh. that hasn't really done much of anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I actually, um, I wanted to talk to uh, Jordan about this as well. Um, and so the last question that I actually asked him was like, you know, what do you make of AJ's anger? Sure. AJ himself, when we were on better terms, he told me he's been coming to this market since he was a three-year-old. Okay. Since he was a little kid, his parents sure. always brought him. This is what... They, is the only thing he knows. What if he wanted to play music at some point in his life, or he wanted to do anything other than oranges? It sounds to me that he never got the chance to choose. It sounds to me like he was born and they knew what he was going to be doing. So I wouldn't like that. Maybe he wanted to play the banjo. Maybe maybe he's got a little banjo in his closet. Do you think he goes into his truck at the end of every day at the farmer's market and pulls out a little mini banjo, pulls out and banjo. Sat, like really sadly plucks three strings on it? So, the last song that I want to include is kind of the first one that ever captured me. I mean, at this point, you don't have to like ask me to play his songs. You can just play them because they're all great. All right, great. Here we go. Foreground is me, Evan Jacoby. This episode was co-hosted with Kaveh Azarnoush. You can find some more information about the story, as well as some of Jordan's songs in full, at foregroundradio.com. I did reach out to AJ to see if he'd want to do an interview for this story, but he declined. Well, let me tell you all a story of a man named Charlie on a tragic and fateful day. He put ten cents in his pocket, kissed his wife, and his family took a ride on the MTA. Well, did he ever return? No, he never returned, and his fate is still unburned. He may ride forever in the streets of Boston, he's the man. song. The guy gets stuck on the subway train. He only brings a dime with him. He has to have another nickel, but they won't let him off, you know? He can't transfer. It was written in uh, 1949, and it was an actual protest song. I think it worked, too. It got the other guy elected. Charlie hands in his dime at the Kendall Square station, then he changed for Jamaica Plain. But when he got there, the conductor said, One more nickel so Charlie couldn't get off that train. Well, did he ever return? No, he never returned. And his feet is still on. Oh, what a pity he made. Right forever in the streets of Boston. He's the man who never returned. Boston, don't you think it's a scandal? How you people have to pay and pay. So fight the fair increase. Vote for George.
George O'Brien, get poor Charlie off that MTA. Or else he'll never return, no, he'll never return. And his fate will stay unburned, and just like Waldo, he may ride forever in the streets of Boston. He's the man who will never return. He's the man who will never return. If you search the MTA Kingston Trail, you'll find it. Black and white. It's a fun video. I, I, you know, you're going to watch it a million it's times in a row. Too. Yeah, it's like a minute and a half long. They do it fast. Just the three guys. And at one point, he, he says it right there. At the very last verse. And just like Waldo, he may. Right? I, I don't know. I haven't looked into it. Yeah. It's just like one of those weird things. Yeah. It's carried on in time. Yeah, just it's one great. of those. Hey, what, what year is that song from? 1949. Thank you.